This episode of the Ankler Podcast is sponsored by The Fablemans from Amblin Entertainment and Universal Pictures, winner of two Golden Globe Awards for Best Picture Drama and Best Director Steven Spielberg, now nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Actress Michelle Williams. Time Magazine calls The Fablemans the best film of the year. Now playing in theaters and available on Blu-ray and on demand. Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler. Just a reminder, you can follow us on the socials at the Ankler across all platforms and subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com. Uh, of course, with me today are two people who definitely don't need to pay Mark Zuckerberg $150 a year to be verified in my book. Uh, Janice Men, Richard Rushfield, as seen in Vanity Fair. Although uh, I'm a little disappointed you're not wearing your your getups here on the, on the uh, podcast recording. What happened to the the stylist, uh, Richard? What happened? I'm wearing my spats uh, below, below uh, what you can see here. So uh, ha- you, you half, both, you, half in costume. But, uh, both look great. Both look great. Uh, Janice, you're looking fantastic as well. Two options there. So uh, did you get to keep that or is that uh, go back to the, uh, you the know, Condé Nast showroom? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there was no security guard uh to take the cartier watch or i'm presuming probably eight thousand dollar chanel outfit off of me but i I definitely wasn't going to be walking off with it that was also clear um (laughs) but i have to say for starters like richard and i had a lot of fun doing that shoot did we have fun richard absolutely thank you to uh to to the whole crew on that oh my god they were like literally the nicest people and most professional people ever um to people who don't know that of course the ankler was featured in a big vanity fair story this week so those who are not to speed uh on that just what we're talking about featuring. yes we're in the vanity fair hollywood issue issue, actually the story is really more a profile of richard (laughs) where where we (laughs) for every every everyone wanted to know what my college thesis was about uh it's the origin story and find out yes james gunn is calling i think he wants to adapt it uh incorporate it the rushfield verse uh the the multiverse (laughs) of richard rushfield um this is the ip that's available um but it was um the shoot was so much fun it was like i guess was it in silver lake richard i uh glendale Glendale. i don't think that was glendale Glendale, Bur- Glendale, Burbank border. If you, if you, if, if okay. you, very, right. very LA conversation right now. <laughs> Our Glendale border, Burbank. What freeway we'll, did you we'll take? Tell to you get about there. the traffic uh, to get yeah, there. Exactly. Uh, it took a lot of freeways to get there. Actually, <laughs> there, there were many, many freeways. Um, yeah. But then um, the story was great. It was um, so I got this ingling along the way that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a Richard Rushfield story because the writer, <laughs> Joe Pompeo, like we did our interview with him. Then he's like, OK, um, Richard, can you get back on the phone alone with me? So, yeah, I, and I then it ended I, up being really nice. I stayed story. in denial about that until uh, until I saw it in print. But uh... yeah, I let Richard go on unsupervised and it, it, it went OK. <laughs> um all 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 my sorted my sorted past dug up and and all the the skeletons dragged out of my closet for uh, for everybody so can i just point out some highlights from this story like that i think that um first for starters richard it Mm -hmm. names everyone in hollywood you went to high school with (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's quite a class missed a few but uh but but many well 
I'm going, I'm going to name them. Okay. So you went to Santa Monica's prestigious crossroads school, less prestigious in the more prestigious now than it was in 1983, <laughs> but uh, frankly, but when it also, by the way, here's, here's a statistic to, uh, to horrify our, our local audience. Uh, anyone want to guess what the uh, tuition of crossroads school was in 1983? Now it's now probably about, you know, 50, a, almost 50,000. Yeah. It's probably wow. 5,000. It was four thousand dollars a year. Wow, there you go. Wow. pretty good job. Um, yeah. I bet. I bet. Uh, uh, I bet uh, that Sean could do the math pretty quickly in his head and what that would be today. Because that's, that's uh, well, the, the amortization mm-hmm. amortization on Richard's uh, education is, is, <laughs> is, is there's no percentage on that, Janice. So clearly, no, sky's the limit on the amortization. It's, Absolutely, it's true. But um, you let's see. It says here you overlapped with future hotshots like yeah. Matthew Greenfield, who yes. is. The uh, president of uh, Fox Search, co-president of Fox Searchlight, and a good okay. friend. Okay, Jay Suris. Jay 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 Suris uh, was the class above me and uh, drove a drove a Scirocco, I believe. Very, Ooh, uh, nice Volkswagen. Very, uh, uh, distinguished distinguished car of the era. What they don't did make that, those anymore. What, was that? How did that compare to the Miata of of? Oh no, no. of our pre, time. Pre, this was this was before Miata. Pre, yeah. Okay. So, pre Miata. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Scirocco was, was the hot car to have at, the, okay. at that moment. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, um, Brett Morgan. Brett Morgan is a distinguished uh, documentarian who wow. uh, most most recently did the David Bowie documentary, Mood Age oh, Daydream, right. but known to Hollywood for having done uh, The Kid Stays in the Picture. Uh, okay, Robert Jason Evanstein. Blumenthal. Uh, yes, also in my class. Uh, okay. Blumenthal. And then, like, I did not know this, Richard, Maya Rudolph and Jack Black. Uh, Maya was in my sister's carpool and, uh, Jack and I went to the prom, Jack and I went to the prom together. So as a couple, there you go, a group of group of five or six. Wait, where's, where's that photo? That's for you. Forget the Benny Fair photo shoot here. I want to see, uh, Richard in the eighties tux with Jack Black. Now that's something we should put in the newsletter. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, but, next uh, day Shores is Scirocco. <laughs> I, I I was not allowed near Jacer as a Scirocco. <laughs> to be clear, I, in, in, in high school, yeah. Don't, or or I now, was, now I think you're allowed. To he he, he was not so, handing yeah. over the keys to me for any joy rides no, there. No. So let's uh, just be here about that. But uh, I, I imagine but, was he like the James Spader character in Pretty in Pink? Uh, I, I didn't know him well. He, he was very, he was very nice, very, very pleasant and, and, uh-huh. and, and friendly, but, uh, but, but definitely, uh, had that look, I would say at the, at the eighties, uh, right. Eighties uh, preppy. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you're listening, Jay, uh, good to, good to see you again. <laughs> Richard was more of a Judd Nelson type, I think from Rob breakfast club. I think that's where I True. would put that on the range. Yeah, um, I, I I think I, Ali Sheedy spoke for me, and in, in oh, well, yeah, just, to, right. just to be there, you go. Be precise about that. Yeah, good to know. Did not make the article. Um, but I also um, this was a nice surprise. Richard Plepler gave this really nice quote in the story. Can I read it? Because yeah, it was like a lovely surprise. And thank you, Richard Plepler. It says about the ankler. I read it the second I see it pop up. They have a little bite. I think he's referring to you, Richard. They have a little <laughs> bite, but their bite is always within the bounds of fair play. People read it. People respect it. Serious people send it around. Richard, you've like. Thank you, serious people. Uh, th- yeah, thank you, serious people. And then I also, <laughs> I like this from Brian Grazer. 
People in Hollywood like it. They think it's titillating and find it largely truthful. <laughs> <laughs> largely. <laughs> on on, mo- on most days of the week. <laughs> we have our new poll quote. That's great. Elements, yeah. elements are yeah, largely truthful. Largely truthful, <laughs> says Brian Grazer. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then our friend Maureen Dowd, who we love. Um, so that lists other satisfied customers include David Zasloff, Patrick Whitesell, Kathleen Kennedy, Donna Langley, and Maureen Dowd, who told me, this is the writer writing, I just think men in Rushfield are smart. Um, she left off you, Sean. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's not a word I would use for myself anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it was a, we were happy, right, Richard? That was a good yeah, thank thanks very much to Joe Pompeo if he's looking. It was, it, uh, it's 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 very out of body experience to uh, see your your life uh, it, uh, summarized like that. But it was beautiful, but uh, beautiful it, and touching uh, piece. So thank it you. It took Richard several several hours to read this. Maybe I think like six or seven hours after it <laughs> yeah. came out. Um, uh, so I had to many, I had to pre read it for him. Yeah, yeah, I had to get many testimonials that there was nothing to fear uh before i <laughs> i took a look uh and, anyway, and my, thank you to vanity fair and thank you to joe pompeo and to uh all everyone on the whole team there it was a, such a nice experience thank you um we will we'll ignore some of the snide comments some people made in there it was a very nice story <laughs> um in hollywood janice that never happens what are you talking about how, how dare anybody be snide about us uh, exactly we're, we're, we're purveyors of such love and uh, and 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 support and uh, milk and honey to all. So this is true. So, all right, on onto onto the day's news. Um, Sean, you have glasses on, which I've never seen you in before, but I think it's because you have earnings call fatigue or something. <laughs> yeah, I've right? been staring at an earnings, yeah, an earnings sheet for uh, 90 minutes. So yeah, exactly right. It's my earnings, my earnings look, Janice. Uh, you're getting uh, <laughs> up close and personal there. Fresh today's, today's earnings look is due to? Uh, WBD, our Mr. Mr. Zaslav himself. Um, a very, a very confident call. As he's very, very he's good on the He's good on the call. He's got a good demeanor about him. Um, very direct Kipper? and very... Uh, no, no, just uh, very direct and not overly spinning, but positive, but not overly, you know, not Bob Chapek on the November call kind of thing. Right. Appropriate. Uh-huh. Yes. And very. And the, the phrase of the call was it's working, Janice. That phrase was reiterated several times okay. in case you had any question of whether the Warner Brothers, the combination of Discovery and Warner Brothers was a. Was uh was not functioning properly. Uh, it's working was the 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 catchphrase of, of what, David what, on the call. What is what is working mean precisely? Well, or? that wasn't you know uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> left for interpretation, Richard. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, the cost cuts. Uh, number one is basically uh, the they came back saying they found four billion dollars of synergies instead of three billion dollars. Uh, no. So lo and behold, congratulations there. Um, they say they'll get their, you know, leverage is a big question there. They said they'll get it below four times, uh, four times by the end of the year. Um, and probably maybe close to 2.5 X by the end of 2024. So those are kind of new guideposts. So they're working on the debt. They hear you. Uh, they took off a billion this year and, um, you know, that's kind of was the main thing on that. Uh, and you know, the merger, everything's been assimilated. 2023 is the year of building Janice. So we, all the, 
all the pain, uh, whatever is you behind call them. It, is behind them. Yes, <laughs> one company now was another phrase that was uttered. So, except for CNN, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did talk about much, a lot about CNN. Actually, oh, he did. He what did, what did he? About uh, lemon? I mean, about just John very po- just you know, we love the business. Yada yada yada. I, you know, back to, we're back to news. We had we had seventy Republicans on during uh, election season, Jenna. So wow, that they, was that was noticed. all yeah. at once, sir. <laughs> it was one segment, but there right, were seventy on the, the network. Union. Yeah, exactly. It was, a, it was a hell of a Zoom call, but uh, they got it all done. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise, you guys have not really seen much. We're recording on uh, on Thursday evening, so to be fair, have you haven't seen much so yet? This is, that... is okay. So I kind of judge these earnings calls by the barrage of blasts and email mm. pushes and things that come like you know come right. blasting my way after one of these things. It was really quiet, which made yeah. me feel like there was low drama you know not not a lot of headlines nothing's getting shut down well um, right yes they weren't yes. announcing like you know a seven percent uh workforce cuts more you know there wasn't more of that news to come and that's what that was his point essentially was that we've made all of our you know our changes in those regards um yeah the stock is basically flat after you know after the call so there really wasn't much you know you, we've seen them we've had several conversations uh with both of you after these calls sometimes where we're talking about a big stock drop or occasionally a big stock bump is in the last ne- netflix call but uh pretty much flat uh the big news is you know lord of the rings move more lord of the rings movies uh so richard you'll be thrilled to hear that i'm sure Mm-hmm. Um and yes, Batman do Batman and Superman movies in 2025, which I think James Gunn kind of alluded to or said at some point. So he confirmed that you know, kind of reiterated, reiterated a few times that Superman is being you know we're getting we're on it. There hasn't been a film in 10 years, we know, and and that's it. The three pillars of the company or franchise wise are DC, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Uh, Harry Potter had a new and a video game out a couple of weeks ago, which is has been doing pretty well. Is the video game? Does Warner's have a piece of the video game? They, yeah, that... so that's uh, there. They he pointed out, which is true, that they really only studio with a gaming division. Uh, so that is from That's their right. from their uh, their gaming division, and they have a Mortal Kombat and a Suicide Squad game coming this year as well, which you pointed out. Um, so they're the only studio materially in that business. Um, it's not they're no Activision Blizzard, obviously, but you know it's it's they do have a, a stake in the game there. So and, and that game's been uh, successful. It seems. Like. Yeah, this first two weeks have been very. Yeah, I think. I want to say eight hundred fifty million of sales in two weeks, but I don't. And again, oh video game, yeah, but the video games, the numbers are big, Janice, because it's you spend a lot of money on those things. But I don't know if I'm right on that, so don't. I'm not going to quote myself on it. But it was impressive, and they've done very well. Um, wow. And the and the streaming losses are down. You know, are down. It was. I mean, <laughs> it was only two hundred and seventeen million dollars in Q4, which is a lot of money, but that's only half or less than half of what Paramount, Peacock, and certainly. You know, Disney was one point okay, five so going billion. in the so right direction. The cuts he has, they have made, and the pulling the stuff off the service, you, they're seeing you know a return. This rest- restraint, uh, austerity, whatever you want to call it, is paying off on the numbers, and they say you know it'll continue you know in next year and become a positive business. I think was I'll check twenty twenty four. I think, but uh, yeah, so. All they need you is know, a strike to put things. On all, he needs, <laughs> all he needs is a strike on the <laughs> clear skies ahead, Richard. What are you talking about? I don't know. I think everything's fine now. So, yeah. uh, and mark your calendars. Uh, April twelfth will be the date to announce all of the what I call HBO Max Disco Plus uh, service. The new Max. All the details will be announced Wait, on April twelfth, including the final name. 
uh, presumably that would be a big mess if they were doing that and still didn't have the name locked down. I think, I mean, Max seems to be the winner on the, I, you know, I would be Wait, shocked. It's just going to be point. called Max. I believe that's probably where they're land, unless there's a really left field choice that we all haven't heard of yet, but um, so, so the HBO name will, will disappear from, from the from service. I mean, they didn't say branding, that, but that's, you know, uh, I think the, the, the conventional wisdom at this point is what, the, what that's going to be. So, okay. Um, and Casey Bloys did a piece in Variety, or a profile in Variety this week, you know, kind of saying HBO will be main, very important to maintain the brand and keep it where it is, which, and alluded to that as well in, in his comments. So, And this will be right after Succession launches, right? So uh, You will know better than I would on that. Yes, exactly. You not watch Succession? <laughs> what am I, I, I'm on earnings calls here, Janice. What am I watching oh Succession here? I got, I know. you know, busy All time right. here. A lot going right. on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Zaz is very excited for the Flash. That's for sure. So definitely. Uh, why? Why does he bring up the Flash all the time? They're psyched. Look, they're going to show it at Richard Eagle. You're going to CinemaCon, yeah. CinemaCon. Are you wow. going this year? Okay. I'll be, yeah, I, I, I have made my reservations, and I will be seeing okay. the Flash. Okay, he must uh, okay. really love it because he literally brings it up every single time he speaks publicly. You know, James Gunn called it one of the best superhero films of all time. You know, yeah. I think was his quote. So say, say I'll say la- last year's. Uh, the the film that was shown in full was was Top Gun Maverick. So there you go. Oh wow! The year right. before was the Warner Brothers movie about the kid who likes Bruce Springsteen. So, well. oh right, <laughs> <laughs> love the movie, but yes, uh, okay. not, didn't, didn't, didn't go off the charts there. Well, um, it was it, it was a good movie. But. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's uh, they're not out of the woods, Janice. You know, at, and the thing is about what's going on. I mean, you know. Uh, the revenue was $11 billion. $5.5 billion of that is still from their cable TV network business. <laughs> so, and that advertising was down 14%. And their, you know, basically their affiliate payments from, from, you know, the cord cutting losses were, you know, 2% despite raising prices, you know, for what they charge cable companies. So, you know, that core is still very challenged and they didn't really look, there aren't a lot of answers here. And they were just kind of, you know, they, but it throws off a ton of cash still, but the numbers are going in the right, you know, the other direction, the ad market, you know, they're saying end of uh, second half of the year will be, they're expecting a rebound, but if that doesn't come Janice, these numbers, you could see a shift uh, at some point. Well, Maybe this is a time to pivot to Richard's yes. story. Thanks for the if, second half of the year. Yeah, because um, the the number is lower now. But earlier this week, Richard posted a column that got a lot of people talking. Um, and the headline is uh, 70 Days to the Abyss. And well, now, um, now 66, uh, right? That's, yeah, that's the, something like that as of this recording. Six, yes. Richard, what, what's the abyss? I think people know, uh, but you can tell us. The Abyss is the 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 Writers Guild producers uh, showdown. The contract comes up on uh, May first, and um, it feels like just in the last couple of weeks, uh, people all of a sudden start hitting the panic button and uh, and and waking uh, uh, waking up to the idea that as of now, it looks like this is going to happen. Now it looked like that the last time and the time before that, and they came to last minute agreements. But, uh, but tell tell us why you think it's more serious now. Well, uh, essentially, the the writers uh, been discussed and uh, documented uh, ad nauseum. But but the um, the writers have very serious complaints, and the 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 streaming 
war and the the discrimination disruption has made it very difficult to uh, live a, a a life as a as, as a working writer in Hollywood unless you are Ryan Murphy or Shonda Rhimes or uh, or what or one of the very big screenwriters who gets paid a million dollars a script you know so there's a couple hundred writers who are doing very well and everyone else is having a really hard time because you have uh, short you as opposed to the time when people would work on shows for uh, have 25 episodes. So you'd be employed half the year or more and, and it would, the show would go on for multiple seasons. You have these shows with six, eight episodes, which must smaller rooms and smaller groups of people. And, um, and then there'll be three years between them or they'll, or you'll be, you'll bat out a couple seasons immediately. And it's just become a, a, very unstable uh way to make a living the the um what happened you know traditionally writer part half of writers uh compensation comes or a good part of it comes in term of residuals that they that get paid over time which when they were instituted it was in lieu of salary that you take a part of your salary as long-term payouts in in residuals and what the streaming war did was it admitted it eliminated those it said we're going to buy out the whole the the whole contract um and we'll own all the rights um but the so but what would you would have thought would go with that was would be so you'll get paid much much more but you won't have anything long term but they didn't do that part except for the 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 the, the hundred or so people at the very top and uh for so for everyone else they've had a big piece of their income knocked out and their and the salary part has gotten much smaller and more unstable so it's there's a feeling like this showdown is the last time to address this uh and if you kick the can down the road another couple years this is no longer going to be a a functional profession and it will become what sag aftra is which is just sort of a loose confederation of desperate people uh looking for any handout they can get okay well you you say in the piece you know you say semi facetiously you say that the the wga is made up of 20,000 leon tries but that yeah. the, the, but there's a reason um and you you tie it into the whole culture of silicon valley businesses that have um that have infiltrated entertainment yeah i mean there there's there's two parts to this why people um think that it's coming uh, it's the, the there's the problems that 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 we outline and no one on the streaming side of it has shown any inclination to even speak to those problems, let alone do anything about them. Uh, and then on the other side, you have a very determined, uh, you know, militant, I don't think is too strong a word, group in the in the Writers Guild who um, who have consistently in all the actions and all the votes the last years have have endorse the hardest line position to the tune of something like 90% every time a vote comes up. So anyone who, so I, I think there's still in delusion. I hear floating around in the studio world that the writers aren't going to go through with this. They're going to back down. And I I don't, I don't hear any, you know, other than the, the real hardcore Trotsky's. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hear anyone excited about going out of work, but I, I haven't talked to a writer yet who, isn't determined that if the studios don't address their these issues and address them with something more than token concessions that they feel like the the guild should 
that this is the time the guild has to has to take a stand. So, Richard, you make the point in your column how what's happened in the entertainment business is not unlike the other industries that tech has disrupted, whether it's like, you know, ride sharing or food delivery or or journalism or or, or, (laughs) right. (laughs) We know something about that. Um, But just can you just talk about that analogy of how that structure works in the mentality of Silicon Valley? Yeah, I mean, the the whole business model of Silicon Valley is coming into businesses that, uh, you know, their disruption is the euphemism they put it into it. But it it means making labor much cheaper and make, making labor much more um, disposable. And you take take taking away. You look at ride sharing, where you had you had a very professionalized uh, business, and you had, you had taxi companies that employed drivers and all that, and then just making it a a a freelance uh, company where where drivers earn pennies or. A little bit right. More. It went from a place like in New York City where you get had to get a medallion license, yeah. and and you know then and you infamous... had job, you had yeah. you were or you were employed, and you were you right. had you had you had health insurance and everything else to a place where if you hustle really hard, you might make tw- you might make twenty dollars an hour uh, if you work really hard, and uh, you know work twelve fifteen hours a day, and you can maybe you can pay your rent on it, and. Um, the 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 basic model of uh, the basic way that Silicon Valley looks at labor uh, is that there's a few geniuses at the top who create all the value, and all all the labor below that is more or less interchangeable. More interchangeable the the, the lower you go down on the on on the scale, and you know anyone that doesn't have an intercha- engineering degree is certainly uh, very interchangeable. Um, and that's that that's what's happened in every industry that they've that they've rolled into more or less that 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 it's become that the the middle has been squeezed out and it's become a lot of a lot of a lot of money to uh, a very few people at the top and then a vast uh swath of uh of of freelancers essentially and uh that's been the direction it's been going ever since the streaming war started well this is that was the birth of the so-called gig economy right is the you know the the advent of Silicon Valley business models, but um, which is terrific if you're 21 years old and you're mm-hmm. on your parents' health insurance and 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 uh, you're living with six roommates and your rent is so your rent is three hundred dollars and you don't you don't you don't you don't need too much. Uh, that's it's it's a fun way you can move around and switch jobs every two weeks and do whatever you want if you're. But the 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 thing about the difference about Hollywood that that these people have never. Uh, wrap their mind around is that it requires a this huge pool of very specialized skilled labor and everything from makeup to lighting to to writing and that's what makes hollywood products different from uh from uh entertainment produced anywhere else in the world or from a tiktok video or anything else you have and that that requires quite a lot of people to be able to support themselves and and Make a consistent living, which for a hundred years is something that Hollywood has, uh, grudgingly or not, provided and uh, and made happen, and that's what's well, disappearing. As we've talked about in our series, the squeeze, um, also while trying to do that in one of the most expensive cities in America, Los Angeles, uh, yeah. or you know probably in the world. Um, at yeah, this that's point. it. 
that's the icing on the cake here that that while at the same moment all this has happened um los angeles and california in general has become fantastically expensive to live in so if uh while while wages and while wages and earnings have been falling cost of living has skyrocketed so uh, and just on the gig economy, you know, can you explain for people in our to our audience, in our audience who don't know what this is? Because I hear it being talked about more and more, not in great terms. What is a mini room for writers? So um, a mini room, um, the the on on the um, traditional sitcoms or, or or network thing, you had you had a room that was specified of a certain number of writers, and they, they and everybody has to have their own script, and you have to. You have to have one script written by someone from outside the room. And it was all very, it's all very regimented, how many people you need, all that. So streamers have worked out these exceptions for these mini rooms, which is a writer gets just a few people uh, together, just three people together uh, to work really quickly and, and, and bat out a, uh, a, 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 uh, a season of a, of a show. And some of the many rooms are there, there, there's a bunch of shows that have been on that are, that are just the creator and they've just, every episode has been written by the creator. So it's a mini room of one, in fact. Um, and you know, it, it, this is a, uh, obviously a, 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 a less, uh, thoughtful way to produce, produce a show. The creators can decide whether that's better or not, but certainly has meant, you know, far fewer jobs for far less people, and that each job is 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 uh, is is worth a lot less, and uh, and uh, it's a huge cutback. So that's that's a, that's a big target of their of the of the guild's uh, negotiations to set to determine that every show needs to have a certain number of writers on it for I a certain see. amount of time. Okay, um, and why are we not? So it seems like, as you said, this is like the biggest existential crisis of in entertainment. And so why I don't hear people talking about this every single day. Like I should. I, I think there was a lot of denial and, you know, we, we, we've had a couple of showdowns in the last in the last four years where the last guild contract and and the IA contract came up where, where it seemed like it was. It seemed like we had Georgia strike and they, they came up with an agreement at the last moment. Um, and I, I, so I, I think people are a, a little blase about that and, and kind of assuming that at the last moment minute, they'll work something out, out, which they still might, which still could happen. It's uh, you know, the, the streamers, when they, when they look into the fact of what they're, uh, what, 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 if they accept that, the, that, that the writers are ready to walk out, and they look into what that means. They may say, "All right, maybe we can give them a little bit more, uh, or, or, or think about this a lot more." But it's, uh, at, you know, there's not many, not many signs that that's how it's going to go at the at the moment, and uh, and so it 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 I, I think just in the last couple of weeks, people started uh, realizing, okay, this is coming, and uh, and uh, time to What's panic. And so just explain quickly before we get into a few other things with Sean, what, like if there, if a strike happens May 1st, what happens to all your shows? What happens to production? So the, 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 uh, the, the tip of the spear is, uh, is, is late night, the talk shows, because they, 
they film every they film every day and they need new material every day that's pegged to things that happened that day. So there's only so much they can pre-write or bank or put away. So those are the ones that in past strikes you saw um you you saw them that they were they were they were they either shut down or um some of the hosts went on and and just didn't do monologues, only did interviews and no scripted things. Uh and and uh and some of the hosts like uh Ellen specifically used uh, scab uh teams there. But um those will be the first things that shut down. And the um you know every all the scripts that are that they have in the bank that don't require any more writing will go forward and as, as they get to the end of that uh it will fizzle out but it, that's also depending that last uh, couple of weeks the, the the directors guild announced that they're going to postpone their negotiations until after the writers guild so the question of well will other uh unions say they'll respect the writers guild picket line and not go to work in which case everything shuts down okay yeah then <laughs> so that's yeah and they've set a Monday, March 20th uh, as the start date for negotiations. So they've set their own, you know, forget six to six days. They've set their own 40, self-imposed 40-day window to uh, to negotiate. So the next uh, three weeks will not really, I mean, bear any fruit uh, until that even starts. So, um, and just one of the things that stuck out to me, Richard, in the piece or the thought that came to me after you know, afterward was, uh, you did touch upon this, is that, you know, unlike different eras, this isn't everybody in the same business model negotiating like on the studio side negotiating to maintain the same business model. You know, uh, you have Warner Brothers and Disney and, and and Paramount, which are relatively in the same business model. But Netflix, you know, Bell is making cheeseburgers around the world here that are not under Writers huh. Guild, uh, you know, uh, contracts. Not that their business wouldn't suffer, but Netflix is a, glo- a globally sourced, you know, business here. They make most of their money in the U.S., but maybe a little more insulated than, you know, Paramount, who's primarily based in the U.S. and HBO Max and things like that. And then you have Apple and Amazon, who we don't even know what this even means to them <laughs> as a business. Right, Richard? Yeah, it's uh, very hard to, to you... for these players to get in sync when we don't know uh, why they're here for some of them. Is <laughs> Right. You know, Apple, it could be anything. Their response could be anything from, all right, whatever you guys say, we'll do that. <laughs> To uh, how about we uh, run all the studios out of business and then we buy you? Uh, yeah. So so let's let's uh, let's ha- let's let a strike starve you out. So could be yeah. anything along that spectrum. Uh, yeah. And the studio, the, so the studio side is definitely not in sync on major issues that require, you know, basic structural change. Either way this goes, the way this goes requires basic structural changes, and that's got to happen in the next. Uh, in the next few weeks. Well, you always make the point, Richard, like uh, where are the leaders sort of going to step up and take charge? Yeah. Uh, you don't see a lot of those. Uh, you know, the, the, the person that, um, that uh, it's kind of the mayorish of Hollywood, Bob Iger has never really showed much interest in affairs beyond his own company uh, in, in terms of these things. Um uh, Ted, you know, Ted Sarandos, I think would love to be mayor of Hollywood, uh, would, would, would take the job if, uh, uh, or the, uh, honorary title if, if offered to him, but is much too, but he runs a business that, that whose interests are not Entirely necessarily, different. 
yeah aligned with with the others there so um and and no and there's just nobody on the studio side that's saying something like okay we have a real problem here with how we're paying our our workers and we need to address it first start which would be where you'd start uh you you, you don't hear those words ever so okay well, it's a really good read um, on the Ankler, 70 Days to the Abyss, if you want to understand all the issues around the strike. Um, but Sean, you and I were talking after Richard's story ran about some other things coming, um, <laughs> like potholes along the way in the business, you know, even before that strike happens. Do you want to quickly run us through those? Yeah, the next two months, you know, are going to be from now until, you know, the deadline of May 1st, which is the writer's deadline. We're busy with a lot of other things in the business going on. Uh, you know, Stars is going to be not the, sold or spun off. Their own deadline was the end of March to announce that deal, whatever's going to happen with Lionsgate. Uh, you have the movie business on the cusp of a huge month, potentially, with, you know, you have Creed, you got John Wick, you got Shazam, you got Dungeons and Dragons. You know, the movie theater business is going to look a lot different, you know, in the, in the next five or six weeks. In a good way. Um, in a good way, in a positive way. Yeah, it's just bigger yeah. change of like perception. Like this is the biggest month the movies are going to have had. I mean, the summer was big, but, you know, in a, in a March, a spring season in three years. So, you know, again, the, the numbers are going in, in a different direction there. And this month's going to be another chapter in that. You have the country's uh, essentially biggest sports streaming service, Bally's, on the cusp of, you know, we're just waiting to see when they're going to go bankrupt. And sports streaming is going to be thrown, you know, possibly into a loop there. They have, you know, the Major League Baseball season starts in, in April and they could be bankrupt by then. And 19, I think it's maybe 19 Major League Baseball teams stream their sports on these networks. So mm. that could be going under a major change in, in the next two months. Uh, then our, our friends, we love our, our friends over in India, Janice, uh, Disney Plus Hotstar. You have the Cricket League <laughs> IPL begins end of March which uh, will not be on Disney plus hot star. So those subscriber numbers are, we're going to see what the hit is on that Janice. Once you lose your premier programming, uh, you know, that big global Disney plus number may look a lot different uh, in the next earnings report, depending upon how many people, you know, shift off of that service. Uh, and then the number two theater chain of the company back to the movies, uh, Regal cinemas just announced this week that they got zero offers for their U S business, uh, center world's the parent company there in, in bankruptcy. And, uh, they have a essentially, uh, April 10th deadline, uh, to have a new plan in place, whether that's uh, negotiating with their creditors or a fire sale of movie theaters, if that doesn't happen in the U S so, a lot will be determined in the next two months time here in, in Hollywood and, and the greater media business. Okay. That's a lot to think about. <laughs> a lot to observe. Yes. At least there won't be an earnings season in there. Mm-hmm. Janice, so that'll all <laughs> won't be on top of that. <laughs> so uh, at least I'm thankful for that. So at least I won't have to cover those uh, concurrently, but uh, yeah, when we, you know, we have our, our, uh, you know, uh, Mother's Day weekend podcast, Janice, we will uh, be having a lot of new conversations that, you know, may not be on the, the tips of everybody's tongues right now. For sure. And of course, also coming up, I'm sure a lot of these topics will be discussed at uh, the Anglers first uh, in real life IRL event on uh, Wednesday, March 8th. Right, Janice? Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's March 8th, Oscar week here in Los Angeles, and it's going to be at the Beverly Hills headquarters of UTA, which is like quite beautiful, I have to say. And um, so we're doing something called Next Stream Global with Advertising Week. It's an Ankler Advertising Week event. Um, headlining it, and we're gonna we're about to announce some more names, but headlining it, um, Tony Vincicara, chairman and CEO of Sony Pictures Entertainment, 
Rita Farrow, president of Disney Advertising Sales, Tom Ryan, president and CEO of Paramount Streaming. Sean will be doing that interview. And uh, Jeremy Zimmer, CEO and co-founder of UTA. Um, And uh, to apply, or I guess to register to attend, um, please go to... Let me give you this address, this web, this web address, advertisingweek.com slash event slash next stream. And I'm going to spell next stream for you. It's N-X-S-T-R-E-A-M. Next stream. And we'll have that yeah, in yeah. the uh and if you go to the go to our website for this uh the Eckler.com, yeah. the, the link will be in there as well as in, in show notes, I'm imagining. Because <laughs> that was not clear enough. It's a little but bit anyway, easier to do. It's yeah. Gonna... This, it's twenty twenty three. We can put the link in the in notes. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Sean has his plane ticket, so he's he's legitimately coming out for this now. Dennis is definitely worried about that, but okay, there we go. <laughs> yes. Uh so definitely, yeah, check that out uh at that website. Um <laughs> and Richard, what time are we going to see Cocaine Bear? I uh I didn't I didn't get your, you know. I've I've, I've seen it already. Oh I, wow! I, I, what I've reviewed for you. It it uh, delivers as promised. Okay. It's uh, it's, it's uh, a a bear uh, that 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 finds cocaine and uh, then then hurts people. Uh, <laughs> okay. Very funny. Uh, it was good. Might, might set off a whole. I, I I expect it'll do some business this weekend. It's. Uh, oh wow! Uh, really? I mean okay. not. Not avatar numbers, but uh, <laughs> for, for a movie called Cocaine Bear, I think it'll pull above its weight. Yeah. Set off a whole line of uh, yeah. drug using animal movies. The, the, and- the meth, meth cat and uh, and heroin whale. Or everything, right. So. And is it funny? Yeah, it's a, it's a very funny script. It's a funny, funny, good. Some good actors in it. Uh, Kerry right. Russell and Alden. How do you say his last name? Ar- Ar- Reich. Yeah. Uh, you don't mean uh, names. Starter. Yeah. So, uh, Ray, I, Ray I, Liotta as well. Yeah. Yeah. Had a, had a great time. All right. There you go. Thumbs up from Richard. Uh, <laughs> and Janice, I know you'll be excited that earnings season will finish up next week. We, with, of course, as always with Ari. So we will get the latest from Endeavor uh, on Tuesday, which we will see how that's going. I doubt there'll be many uh, wrestling updates, but uh, we'll see. Oh, right. What's under the books uh, at Endeavor in the fourth quarter and how they're preparing for a strike probably be a question that may come up uh, in the earnings call as well. No, it's so. going to be one of those things where the, no one asks that question on the earnings call, right? <laughs> well, it's there are Wall Street analysts and I, I the, you'd think the strike would be as paramount on their radar as it should be, but it, it hasn't come up so far in any of the calls uh, with any studio so far this this uh, earnings season. So you may be right, Janice. Maybe that's going to well, be... Well, they a, need to subscribe to the anchor because I think they... They don't know. Yes, yes. Ask the question. Raise the hand. Um, of course, subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com, and I'll have the full uh, box office breakdown on Monday in my newsletter, The Wake Up. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. 